Yo, welcome back to the show. This is The Dose. I'm your host, Mike Schwartz, and this week we're kicking things off with a little language. All right, we're doing a whole theme of language this week and how it shapes your behaviors and your corresponding actions. I thought, what a way to start things off than going to the 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 language guy himself, my dear friend Mark England, and uh, he... He and I connected back some years ago now. It's got to be four years back now. And uh, I found him on a podcast and then found out he was a TEDx speaker, watched the TEDx and was absolutely blown away. Had to get in touch and we've uh, since developed a a great relationship. Um, So I wanted to throw that to you guys, hear it from the man himself. So I'm going to throw you back to the TEDx presentation from Mark England that started it all for me and uh, and really understanding how much language really does play a role. So without further ado, of course, here is my buddy Mark England on language. In February 2002, I moved to Bangkok, Thailand, following my dream of becoming a professional fighter. I'd been doing well on the local amateur MMA circuit. I'd won a couple of kickboxing titles and knew that this is what I wanted to do with my life. It was the only thing I wanted to do with my life. Muay Thai is Thailand's national sport. And when you ask the Thai boxers over there when they got started, they never give you an age. They reach down and show you their height. Imagine how excited I was to be there and to live with them and train with them. Does anyone happen to know what this is? (laughs) It's called a bucket handle meniscus tear. And it's what you don't want happening in your knee, especially if you want to throw a good kick. I will always remember the day, the afternoon, That exact moment when the doctor said, Mark, the bad news is your career as a fighter is over. It's over. The good news is you could become a very good swimmer. (laughs) It's a true story. I didn't hear the good news because I couldn't hear the good news. My identity was flattened with those words. But what hurt exponentially more than my inflamed and throbbing knee was the ongoing conversation I was having with myself about myself in my mind. You see, the idea, the concept that I was not good enough and that there was something wrong with me and I was somehow doomed to fail showed up raging in my mind stronger than ever. Technically, it's called a telephobia, the fear of not being good enough. And it's at the foundation of a silent identity crisis that wreaks havoc on individuals, families, and communities worldwide. How someone sees themselves is one of the most powerful and consistent forces in someone's life. And what it is and isn't is the focal point of this talk. 
The definition of identity is the fact of being who or what a person is. Do you notice anything about that definition? Raise your hand if you see yourself differently in any way than you did 20 years ago. <laughs> we might have to rethink that definition. <laughs> this is always fun. When I say abracadabra, what do you immediately think of? Say it out loud. Magic. There's a lot more to abracadabra than top hats and rabbits, as in a whole lot more. Abracadabra is Aramaic, and it has been translated to mean, with my word I create, or with my word I influence. Fascinating, cryptic, and intriguing. What did those ancient peoples know about language that we often overlook today? With our words that we use all day, every day, both internally and externally, what do we create? What do we influence? Do we influence our feelings, our emotions? Do we influence what we see, what we envision? our imagination, and over time, with the words that we use all day, every day, do we influence our identity? Maybe you have heard or possibly even thought this old standby, no one will ever really love me, so painful and often totally inaccurate. What about the people that really do love you right now? They don't count? Would those words, those powerful words, influence how I see myself and how I feel about myself and my ability to recognize and accept other people's love? More examples. I can't keep living like this. Okay, I get it. And what can you start doing? Not live like that? You mean live differently? <laughs> yes, of course you can, especially when you focus on it. People change their minds and change their lives every single day. I have to make some changes. Or I choose to make some adjustments. Stress and overwhelm or ease and manageable. And some of our languages very, very subtle. I'm still dealing with that situation. Or I'm currently dealing with that situation. Hear the difference? Feel the difference? Still, stillness, stagnant. Currently, current, movement. Interesting, huh? Let's jump back to the sad story of that broken would-be pro fighter. How could that doomed-to-fail loser ever do something like present this at a TEDx event? Simple. I changed the conversation I was having in my mind, and I changed what I was focusing on. I went from fixating, and obsessing really, 
about all the things that I had lost and how my life could have been, to focusing on what I could do and where I could go. And in that transition, and because of that transition, my identity changed. Remember the official definition of identity, the fact of being who or what a person is? All due respect to the people over at Merriam-Webster, and that definition sounds like a mental prison sentence if you ask me. I'm here to challenge that definition because I believe that how we are taught to see identity is one of the most crippling lessons that we learn. Class division, divorce, bullying, lack of empathy. These are all conflicts that feast on rigid structures and rigid people. How am I supposed to change my life if I'm locked into a static identity? How am I supposed to change my mind if I think, that's just the way I am? Imagine what our world would look like if we saw ourselves more as processes instead of static has-beens and always-will-bees. Whether you think you can or you think you can't, you're right. That's Henry Ford, a man that knew a little bit about process. Let's expand upon that quote. Whether you think you are good enough or you think you are not good enough, you will try to prove yourself right. When my knee and my identity were torn apart in Thailand all those years ago, I thought my life was over. I really did. In reality, it was simply the beginning of the end of how I saw myself. You see, I am a powerful verb and not a fragile noun, and so are you. See yourself as a process and watch what happens to the person. Thank you. All right, that was Mark England and his TEDx, uh, Identity versus Process, Reinterpreting Failure, Mark England. He did that over at RVA. That's uh, down in Richmond, Virginia. So if you like what you heard, please do share this out with someone you care about. Uh, language is super, super important. We're going to hear more from uh, the man himself in uh, earlier interviews with, uh, with me on this week's Thursday episode. But... Y'all just going to have to wait till then. All right. Have yourselves a fantastic Monday. And until next time, y'all, stay sweet. Peace.